Hey, what's up, everyone? This is David Staub with the Magical Stories of Healing and Spiritual Gifts podcast. I am here with my lovely wife, Miss Megan. Hey, everyone. And we are super excited today. I couldn't, I'm incredibly excited to, uh, to talk to Mr. Thomas. Is it a Susky or Suski? Uh, it's Suski. Suski. Um, really excited to talk to talk to him today. Uh, there's so much alignment with kind of what our path is going and uh, where it looks like his path is going to. So really excited to bring everyone uh, just the, the awesomeness that's Thomas here to kind of give you all an intro. Thomas has been on an amazing journey to say the least. Uh, he calls himself the mind guy and is a coach of the unconscious mind. Uh, in hypnosis and neuro-linguistic programming and he's launching a podcast of his own called the mind guy podcast in january and it's all about the mind and the metaphysical uh this is the part that blows my mind and intrigued me and megan the most uh he has done 26 ceremonies of ayahuasca 26 <laughs> and is a, a big believer in plant medicine which i can't put into words how much we are too uh, you know, from, from experience and just the more we learn about it. Uh, he's hosting an ayahuasca ceremony in Colombia in March of next year, uh, which is the first of uh, many more to come. And we'll get more into that a little bit later and details on that. Um, his mission and his purpose is to teach people about the healing power of the mind. And it's just awesome. I mean, I, I was so excited. Uh, I know we connected Tom. Is it Tom or Thomas? Uh, Thomas. Cool. Thomas, yeah, I know we connected on uh, Facebook there through the healing group and uh, it sounded intriguing, but the more like I looked you up, I looked at your side, I learned more about you. Uh, just an incredible story. So I appreciate you making the time to jump on here and chat with us a little bit. Um, but yeah, the, the thing that gets 26 ceremonies, that blows my mind because Megan and I have done two that one weekend and it was so intense. So not unicorn and rainbows let's put it that way <laughs> and it was so intense there was so many messages and so much uh just i mean eye-opening enlightening just just experiences overall and so much healing in just those two i mean it blows my mind that you've been through 26 so i'm really excited to to talk to you and have a and and go through these questions with you uh but but to start out totally cure before we get into the ceremonies and you know the your your site and all, all what you're doing what um how'd you grow up what's can you give us a little just uh, a little bit about your background yeah sure um i grew up in western massachusetts in uh, a city called chickabee but it's right next to springfield which is about two hundred thousand people um i grew up with uh, pretty much divorced parents I grew up with a mother who has uh, bipolar, um, and it was kind of uh, it was kind of a, a difficult time living with someone who would kind of change their identity from time to time because uh, mm. the highs and lows of being bipolar. So it was kind of intense, and I was always a really shy kid. Um, I went to a Catholic school, so I was raised Catholic. Uh, went to a public mm. high school, and. Uh, kind of what happened was I kind of broke out of my shell my junior and senior year from that shyness um, and I really stumbled upon success um, and I guess you could say that they were kind of my glory years in some ways um, just an, an athlete good student 
you know, ended up becoming pretty popular. Um, and then from there, I, I went to college uh, up in Amherst, which was about 30 minutes north at University of Massachusetts Amherst. Uh, and then I ended up going through this wild journey of highs and lows. It took me eight and a half years to get through. I had to take a little break. I went to, to rehab when I was 23 to get sober. Wow. And then, you know, my, my entire 20s were, were pretty much a train wreck until, let's see, the age of 28, I hit rock bottom. So, I mean, I don't know how far you want me to go, but that's kind of the, the, the summary of, of where I came from. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. Um, wow. Uh, one question that jumps out to me um, before we get it for this, what one? So you said you grew up Catholic. That kind of blows my mind, considering what you're doing now. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of the polar opposite end of the spectrum of, of what you're doing now. Um, and I totally, I kind of resonate with that. I grew up very, very, very in a conservative family, and uh, very much like thinking marijuana was the devil was <laughs> kind of what was preached yeah. to me preached to me growing up and ironically i kind of yeah my 20s and 28 was my bottom too that's really crazy <laughs> on a side note um but so you you grew up so i guess it sounds like you grew up more conservative how is it that you learned about the psychedelic like how did you become open to it like how did that transition happen um so when i when i hit bottom I really came to a crossroads. And here's the interesting thing that happened. I ended up searching for something to really keep me here because I really had no hope. I really had no future to live into. And what kind of saved me was um, I went to a psychic that my, my buddy Sean, him and his family would go to. And I was like, completely not in that world at all. And um, I was that desperate and I ended up going, it was outside of uh, New York City over in Long Island and in those 30 minutes everything shifted. This person I've never met before said things specific to me like there's no possible way that he could have gotten this from Sean or anybody else yep. and it just blew my mind. I was like this guy knows me and has information mm -hmm. on me that is beyond this yep. world and the one thing yeah <laughs> right the one thing he said was that i would find my soulmate so the possibility of true love is oh. what kept me here and i Aww. and i started man that resonates with me big time yeah anyway continue and i started going to work on myself and um it took me two years to quit drinking after that because I was really using the alcohol to process stuff but I mean I moved in by myself I was very much in a codependent relationship prior to that very needy um and then you know it was like baby steps like baby steps like moving forward um I had used hypnosis um to quit smoking out of some guy's living room and then when I was ready to quit drinking, I went to the same guy and in one hypnosis session, I quit drinking. And that was at the age of 30. Um, wow. Wow. And then after just like spending all this time on the internet learning, reading self-help books, I was, I got into community theater to overcome my fear of like public speaking or, or being in front of people. I went to nursing school. Um, I got into competitive volleyball. Like, I 
put all this work in, like consciously, right? And I had made some progress. I made progress, but I felt so far away of becoming the person that could attract the the partner of my dreams, right? And then, um, then all of a sudden, ayahuasca started popping up on my radar, and it was it started in a Howard Stern clip. It was Robin, his sidekick, was talking about it, and I heard her talk like great things about it. And then I think Chelsea Handler, who was on the the E Network, she did like some、uh, retreat that was televised.、Um, and then、mm-hmm. it just kept popping up on on my my internet feeds. And then the one thing that really pulled me in was that someone described doing ayahuasca as、um, doing ten years of intense psychoanalysis in one night. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it's totally that way. I mean, that was my experience, and I just have to stop you for a minute because I am like blown away by your story because it's so much like mine, Thomas. I was the same way. I was raised, you know, my family's Catholic, but growing up, they didn't convert to Catholicism until I was in college, so I kind of missed that boat. But we were always very much in church. My grandmother spoke in tongues, and like very, very religious upbringing, <clears throat> where they put the fear in me. Like, if you ever talk to a psychic, like. You're going to open yourself up to a dynamic, dynamic world, right? And and it terrified me. And so I went through life thinking, oh my gosh, like you can never talk to one of those. That's like the devil. You're going to open yourself up to like demons and things of that nature. And I got like you. I was so desperate for healing, and、um, I spoke with a psychic, and everything changed for the better in my life from that moment. That's when I started attracting everything in my life, whether it was. David, a healing, like you name it, success, and so man, I love your story so far. I love it, love、Great. it, love it. I love, I love that there's a parallel to yours too, and it's amazing. It was like, it was the one thing I needed, and I, I don't、yeah. know how it, I, I attracted it. I don't know how it all came about, but it, it, it just、right. that's what kind of kept me here. So it's pretty wild. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So before you go into ayahuasca,、um, I just wanted to ask you: when it comes to psychedelics,、um, what was your experience like? What psychedelics did you experience with, and did you find any、um, benefits from from taking psychedelics? That's a great question, and it's funny、um, being raised Catholic the, and and going through the Dare programs. <laughs> like the fear the fear of drugs <laughs> just scared the crap out of me, you know.、Um, Mm-hmm. I, I I, in in college, I smoked marijuana,、um, but it wasn't really my drug of choice. It was always alcohol, and I was always too afraid to try anything else.、Um, so before my first ayahuasca ceremony, I had not experienced anything in the realm of psychedelics. Oh、wow. my gosh! Okay, I can't even <laughs> fathom that. Not that ayahuasca is like any psychedelic out there, because it's not. Yeah, and it's interesting. I have a good friend who had done acid and, and all this stuff, and I told him that I was planning this trip to do this, and he said I was crazy. He goes, "You're," he's like, "You should start <laughs> off somewhere like smaller on the totem pole of、uh, psychedelics." And I was like, "No, man, this is calling me. I'm doing it." So it's funny you say that. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got to be called too. Yeah, yeah that that's a pretty interesting thing too.、Um, We've realized, you know, it really does have to call you. Like we felt called for a while, and 
with the shamans we experienced it with, that's one of their things was like, look, when they first started, they just were telling everyone to do it. But there was a lot of negatives that came out of that because you really have to be called to it, which is hard to explain, but you know it if you're called to it. <laughs> I guess if that makes mm -hmm. sense. No, it's very true. And it's interesting when I'm in ceremony, I, I the occurring for me is, is that ayahuasca calls a lot of people that have experienced some real hard struggles or some traumas. Um, that's kind of the majority of people that you see in those circles. Mm, that's so interesting. You're right. So tell me about your first ayahuasca experience. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so for two years, I wanted to do a ceremony and I wanted to go down to Peru and I didn't want to go by myself and I couldn't enroll anyone to go with me and I was really frustrated and eventually I was like you know what you could do just about anything in the states so I searched online and I found this place in Campbellsville Kentucky out of all places in the Bible Belt and <laughs> yeah random and I, I called them I, I spoke with the, the wife it's a husband wife duo um, and she told me and and it, it gave me confidence and I trusted her so I spent a weekend I took a flight I went down there and the interesting thing is it was in a trailer park in the middle of nowhere in Campbellsville Kentucky and I pull up and I it's in this little like steel wow. building as soon as I walk in it's like concrete floors there's like black trash bags covering <laughs> the walls and there's like Christmas lights and it's just like not a pleasant setting. And I was like, Ooh, mm -hmm. oh, no. I was terrified. I was ready to walk, walk out. <laughs> I swear. I was just about to leave. I was like, this is a bad idea. And, yeah. And um, there was someone there. There was an older couple there that were really friendly, gave me a warm smile. And they're like, hey, where are you from? And I sat down and they were just like, oh, these are normal people and they're really nice and friendly and just in the conversation it calmed me down and uh, they were sharing about how they like did dmt a week ago in oklahoma and i was like okay if these guys are here then i'm gonna stick around um <laughs> and then we're, we're we're talking with shaman steve right um steve is he spent i think three and a half years in federal prison for bank robbing and I'm like, he's telling me this, like his history and his story. But at the same time, he sounds super wise and knowledgeable. And it's all about like growth and healing. And, and I don't know, it was a, it was a weird duality of like his past, the way he shared it and who he was today was like completely different. And I grew to trust him too. And, um, and then he was talking about the tea, poured a little cup into it. I had like a military cot that I was, um, doing ceremony on and then I you know did half a cup and 20 minutes did another cup and then boom the journey started and I didn't know how much to take or anything and he came around asking if people wanted more and I was like okay because my experience had it really kicked in and I took like another dose and it was just oh, wow. intense yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so that was kind of like that was the beginning of it and then the actual journey was so amazing. It was like beautiful lights and everything. And then all of a sudden, this is something I had never known or could have predicted. You know, I hadn't done like too much research on it, but 
I had felt like this feminine energy spirit come into my body and like scan my body mm. and then healing started to happen and like I could feel that's amazing and then my lungs started like convulsing you know I had smoked for like seven years and like I always had worried and about my lungs and my lung health and it felt like I was getting a cleansing in my lungs like something was like, like punching me from the inside and my lungs just cleaning it out yeah and then and then the next thing was was the most miraculous because I had a, a neck injury from a weightlifting accident and it bothered me for years and it was like I would be hunched over especially after playing sports and it, it just was very uncomfortable and then all of a sudden like something started like moving my head all the way to the left all the way to the right over what? and over again awesome. and then I could feel like it healing the back of my neck and after doing that for 10 minutes it was completely healed I never had a problem ever again since then I mean, I believe that 100%. That's amazing. That's amazing. That is freaking awesome, man. I I love I love hearing this. I mean, this this is the this is the kind of stuff people need to hear and know about because it's so stigmatized. It drives me crazy. The whole psychedelic world is stigmatized because of fear of not not understanding or knowing. So, man, I just not to go off on a tangent there, but I love hearing that. That is awesome. Um, did, now, question: Did you go in with the when you're in the healing that you've experienced? Did you go in with a specific intention for it? Um, because I know for us, we had to go with intention, but no expectation. Um, do you go with a specific intention, or does did the healing come without the intention setting? It's just what you received. Yeah, I had I had not known anything about setting intentions going into it. I was there for my psychological my, my psychological baggage. Like that's that was my intention for the most part is I just wanted to get get past my baggage, my past. And I didn't even expect physical healing. Like afterwards, I was like, I got physical healing from this. And they're like, oh yeah, that's, that's that can happen. And I was like, oh my God, this is like incredible. Like everybody should know about this, you know? Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't have like a real specific intention, just, just psychological stuff. That's awesome. Now, how often do you do ayahuasca? Since you've done it 26 times, um, how often are you doing it? I do it, you know, it, it, it's been quite a while. I haven't done it since March of last year. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a leader in this organization, so I, I no longer can do it in the States because it's out of integrity and it's um, it, uh, it's a Schedule One drug, right? And there's it's... It's, it's illegal right. except for a couple of churches right in the US so I, I go down to Columbia now and I, I do ceremony there um, but I did do some ceremonies with the group from Columbia here and it was a completely different experience than uh, the Kentucky experience right there was shamans from Columbia it was very ritualistic very it, it was so much different yeah. and their intention is all about healing and the first ceremony I had with them blew my mind because it actually explained why I ended up down this path of self-destruction. And it opened me up to a repressed memory of a trauma when I was like four years old. And I had no idea it was there, but it was the reason I would. And was that on the second ceremony that you received that, that, that you witnessed that? Was that the ceremony so too? I had done multiple ceremonies with the group in Kentucky and then I, I ended up okay. moving to Colorado and then I met this group from Columbia 
in Colorado. So it was probably my 10th ceremony. Yeah, 10th night of ceremony, yeah, yeah. And so that's why you chose Colombia because you had met those people from there versus going to Costa Rica, Peru. Exactly, yeah. So that, that's why I have the Colombian connection, yeah. Wow. Where, where all have you done ayahuasca? Um, so I've done it in Kentucky. I actually, the gentleman, well, I was able to get some and I, I did it in the confines of my own place when I was in Massachusetts, which I don't recommend. I don't Whoa. recommend. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I would never do that. I'm so curious about, not to interrupt your answer, but I there were some members in our uh, ceremony that were talking briefly on that, and one person was interested in trying it in his own house, but they're advised against it. Can you speak on that? What, what was that like? I feel like just in my very little experience, it's such a specific sacred ceremony that's done a specific certain way. Well, you um, have to have protection. Protection is so important, you know, because it literally opens you up to anything. Yes. Yeah, it really does. Well, the the reason I don't recommend it is that, you know, there's experiences where, I mean, your mind will take you wherever you go. So if you're, you're dealing with fear, fear in ceremony, uh, watch out, right? And, and I had yeah. a lot of fears around death and the unknown and hell, all from my upbringing. So I've had some really yeah. ceremonies around that. And th- I remember one time I, I did it by myself and that's where my mind took me. And it was literally the scariest journey you could ever go down. And I, I thought, I thought I was in hell. I really thought I was in hell. Um, and then Oh gosh, that's been my fear always of doing ayahuasca. Yeah, I mean, when when you have other people there guiding it, they can help support you. But if I had nobody, I had right. nobody to bring me back, you know. So it was just like I had I had waited out for like three hours, and the only positive is afterwards. And maybe that was the intention of the journey. Who knows? Because you know, there's there's always some some benefit from it. I felt like a rebirth, you know, like. I was so grateful to be back and it was just kind of like a rebirth experience, you know, it was just like, that was really powerful. Wow. Wow. Man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I was so curious about that. And I was like, I, I never, you know, I, I can tell I'm, I'm, I've always been an extremist all my life, but I have literally zero urge to ever try that, not in an actual sacred yeah. ceremony <laughs> type exactly. of environment. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I was just going to say, I I mean, like, I agree. And especially like the, the shamans from South America, like it's so like, it's, it's their role in life. It's like they choose it or it's like they're called to do it. And it's like, oftentimes it's passed down from like grandfather to father to, I mean, and they've been doing it for like, who knows, 2,500 years, I mean, at a minimum. So there, there's, there's an art to it there's a science to it and they really command the space and i mean i i mean that's like once i experience that it's like i'm I'm never going to do it on my own and i would probably not go back to that place in kentucky to do it because i mean he doesn't have that experience either you know like i've had some pretty scary journeys when i was there too Hmm. hmm 
Um, so Megan and I have only partaken in two ceremonies. And like I said, we received so much healing on her side and guidance on mine. Uh, I'm sure there's so many in 26, but if the, I guess the more major ones that have impacted you, what are some of the more major either lessons or knowledge or healing? I mean, you just mentioned the healing, but what are some of the bigger lessons or knowledge that you've gained uh, overall your experience with ayahuasca? Um, yeah. Well, like I like I said, the, the 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 smoking gun was when I did the first ceremony with the Colombian group, and it yeah. opened me up to a repressed memory, which explained my entire life. And then, um, but I, I had, I mean, the the purging process is such a necessary process. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is the first twenty five ceremonies were were very difficult, and then it. It, it, on the 26th one it shifted between the 25th and 26th it shifted so most of it was about releasing and letting go of the stored emotions and pain from my past that was most of it so that's like that's the clearing and like the Colombian shamans that's what they believe they believe that you continue to do ceremony until you come back to who you were when you first came into this world right without any of that pain and, and emotional baggage wow um, but some of the lessons that I've learned that have been really profound was I've had a moment of like realizing that time doesn't exist. I've had moments where um, I was connected to everything. It was like an, an enlightening moment. It was like enlightenment for like a couple minutes. Um, many ceremonies uh, around me being the one in which teaching me that I am the creator of my destiny. I am. Uh, made in the image of God, I am that powerful. Um, and in one ceremony, I got connected to divinity. I could feel it like running through my body, like, and it's it's one of those experiences you can't put in in words, right? And, yeah. So those were some, but yeah, like some of the experiences. Yeah, go for it. And how many ceremonies did you feel like that it took to get to the like those deep, deep? Um, moments probably around 20 yeah wow and, uh, and, and just to re just to recap so you said because this this statement is just so mind-blowing for me i think it's so important you said the purging was so essential and you is 25 ceremonies before you feel you purged all of that that you went through um completely out and you said the colombian shamans they believe that each ceremony gets you closer and closer to who you were when you came into the world. And that's what ayahuasca does. It purges all that stuff you repress, all that stuff that you hold in to make you your true self at the very end of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's beautiful. It really is. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. Totally agree. And the 20, so the 25, you purged it all out. You like felt like you were back to the true you without any resentment, without that, any, anything, any of that suppressed stuff. And how is the 26th different? It was more kind of teaching me about how everything works. It was like kind of like the inner workings of like what we're doing here, what, what, what's the design of all of it and kind of giving me images of the future you know, and just showing me and guiding me on my path of what I should be doing, you know, in this world. So it's like connecting me more to my purpose, you know. 
that's awesome. That's, that's incredible. That's really cool. Um, yeah, so changing gears just a little, I was looking over uh, your email, some of your info, and uh, Megan and I, we've never really heard of Cambo before. Uh, can you tell us what that's all about? I mean, I saw his frog venom, and I know our second night we did, it was a combination of um, the ayahuasca, the chacruna, and 5-MeO-DMT, uh, which is that frog venom, insanely powerful psychedelic. Oh, yeah. That's definitely what took me to where I needed to go. Yeah, that took Megan straight to the cosmos yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to have her heal uh, the majority of her repressed trauma. Um, so anyway, is that is the is Cambo is that similar to that, or can you tell us a little bit about that? And if you could tell us what that experience is like differently. Um, so I've actually not experienced it. So it's going to be um, um, it's part of my um, cer- uh, it's the last night of ceremony in Colombia, and Cambo is is a is a frog venom also, and um, the idea is is you kind of like burn these little holes onto your skin like just like a layer so that the frog venom can get absorbed into the body and it depends on how many holes like depending on the size of the person what they can take but it's like three to five um, and the idea is it's a it's it's a purging and it's a detox so it kind of inflames your body and then it you purge a lot you throw up a lot it, it lasts a couple hours um, but it helps with uh, eliminating toxins in the body and uh, if you have parasites in your stomach it helps eliminate parasites often people who use Campbell it kind of kicks sugar addictions um, so it really is just like a detoxifying process very cool um, so I skipped over one question so I'm gonna go back just for a second to the ayahuasca so do you feel every time you went you just got a little bit more of that repression out, a little bit more out, and you felt more healed every single ceremony you went to. You came out a little more healed than you were before. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I always, I always felt like a transformation happened, right? Like there, like I was a new person. So, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, switching gears for a second. I, I definitely checked out your website, themindguy.com, which is a super cool, catchy name. Uh, what? Uh, how did you transition your career into doing something like that full time uh, is the first question. The part two to that would be, what is it that you feel sets you apart from, you know, this big mindfulness movement right now and, you know, people saying the coaches and all that. Um, what, what is it that sets you apart? What is it that helped you transition full to doing your work full time? How did you do that? And what is it that sets you apart in your coaching practice? Okay, great. Yeah, thanks. Um, so when I ended up leaving Massachusetts, I did this road trip across the country. I bought like a 12 passenger van. I rescued a dog. Um, and I thought I was going to end up in LA and it didn't, it didn't work out for me. LA was just a little bit too much for me. So um, when I was on the Pacific Coast Highway, I had an idea to see a hypnotist in Seattle for my social anxiety. Now, yeah. um, I had used hypnosis out of some guy's living room to quit smoking and drinking. I was like, I, w- I wonder what else it could help me with. So I had this really powerful experience in Seattle, and then I ended up in Albuquerque, New Mexico on the road trip to learn it. And what I learned there was like, every single human being should know this, in which like we have a conscious mind, we have a subconscious mind. 90% of what we do is based off of subconscious programming. So that started it. And then I, you know, I, I, 
I do this work with this organization uh, that does seminars. It's called Landmark, and they they tap into the subconscious mind as well and, and open you up to uh, things hidden from you in the blind spots. And then the way that I see what ayahuasca does is it opens you up to your subconscious mind as well and into kind of your higher self. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the way I really explain ayahuasca to people is like, we have a higher intelligence and it creates dreams for us, right? So we often forget the dreams, but the dreams are there to teach us stuff. It's like trying to guide us, you know, while, while we sleep. Ayahuasca is like being in the dream. Like it's like you're in the dream when you're doing ayahuasca, right? And it's connected to that higher intelligence, that higher self, and it's teaching you and it's, and it's having you grow. Um, so everything I do is towards the subconscious mind. So I do very little of like affirmations or conscious teaching. Like I go directly, I find directly where the limiting programs and beliefs are and I rewrite them and they're very quick, very quick and easy. And everything shifts, it clears so much stuff for people. So that's kind of me is, is I'm all about the subconscious. Very cool. I love that. Yeah, subconscious mind is definitely where it's at. Um, so I have a. Uh, it's interesting your story. It resonates with me too because I have a personal uh, past dealing with addiction as well, specifically in regards to alcohol. Um, you know, and it was binge drinking for me. That was really my big thing. It was binge drinking and tried all of society's ways to overcome it, and literally nothing worked. Everything I tried, the society was telling me to do, made me want to go drink more. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'm not downing it. I mean, it definitely works for some people and if it works for them, that's fantastic. So it's just, everyone has their own way, I guess sometimes. Um, and, uh, for me, it was, it was definitely a combination of, uh, specific psychedelic usage, subconscious, sub subconscious reprogramming, uh, as, as well as just having things that are more important to me than, than that, like, you know, my wife or that relationship with God. And I think you might've answered this question earlier, but what was it that specifically helped you overcome your addiction? Would you say? Um, what specifically overcame my addiction? Um, it, it really was like a, a mindset trick was, well, I mean, the possibility of true love, right? When I met the psychic, it was like, listen, I, I, I cannot continue doing this. And it took me a couple of years to trick my mind to, I said, if, 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 if I don't do it by the age of 30, then it's going to be so much harder every year after that. So I mentally prepared myself. And that's kind of the interesting thing is that our reality is created very much from our beliefs. So I developed a belief mm-hmm. that I couldn't make it past the age of 30. And I waited all the way till the end of my 30th year. And then I use the help of hypnosis to help me quit. Now, hmm. it didn't mean my life got much better. It, <laughs> I had a whole new set of issues because I had used it as a crutch in social situations, you know? And I, I, yeah. I'm diagnosed with a personality disorder called avoidant personality disorder. So being around people was always extremely challenging for me. So when I got rid of the crutch, my life actually had a whole new set of challenges. So I was still so disconnected from everyone. I mean, even though I was sober, I was still living a very isolated life. And now, you know, and then when the ayahuasca came and then the other things with the subconscious mind, I went into hyperspeed with my growth and I healing was the access for me really coming over. I mean, coming over all the pain and the addiction is just something that helps you deal with the pain, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So while we're talking about beliefs, um, what is your belief on God? You know, I know you grew up Catholic, but like now today, after all these experiences, what what is your belief around God? My belief around God. So it's difficult for me to actually use that word being raised Catholic, right? Because it has the connotation <laughs> that there's something out there watching you and like, like, yeah, judging yeah, you. Judging you. That's a good. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. And um, I'm really more in the spiritual alignment and practice of um, creator or source. Um, yeah. I believe that there is. I think. I think we're, it's like a oneness. Uh, idea is that we're all made of the image of God, like God runs through all of us, and God was just this, you know, this ball of light that had nothing to do, and it decided, you know, it wanted to experience itself, so like each of us are made in the image of God, which is light and love, so um, you know, he, he created this game, or she, I, I don't want to say he, it created this game where it would have us forget when we come into this world and then it's it's like a rediscovery of of realizing that we actually are god or we are creators you know so that's kind of how i see the whole god thing playing out is that we are god we all are each and every one of us we are the ones we are the creators and it's a process of unraveling the conditioning of the mind and remembering who we truly are so that's kind of the the game or the school that we're in that's awesome. I love that. That's really, really cool. Thanks for you articulated that very well. <laughs> um, if you could name one thing that you think would, could change about society that would benefit society the most, what would that be? Oh, I think the number one thing, oh, it's, it, it'd probably be what my mission is, is to teach everybody, especially kids at a very young age, is that they make up stuff um, or, or more so teach them how their minds work but that the things that we tell ourselves in, in emotional moments end up becoming programs that dictate the rest of our lives so like um, schools are breeding grounds for limiting programs and beliefs like public speaking is like oh. the number one fear yes. is like the number one fear like speaking in public which is like no threat or danger whatsoever but you know we create this belief in these programs based on pain and the embarrassment of saying something wrong or seeing someone else say something wrong in front of a group and um, if, if kids knew that the things that they made up are actually lies that would empower kids yeah. from a very young age and then it would just it would completely shift society hmm. Hmm. it's awesome now do you feel called to go down like the shamanism like path like like to facilitate ayahuasca ceremonies yourself is that something that you feel is calling to you actually no my vision my dream is creating this healing mecca in the states and it's going to be near the mountains and i want to attract all healing modalities and create like a spiritual healing university to um, kind of research, develop, and have people come for, I don't know, three months, six months, a year to have massive transformation and growth and healing. And it includes psychedelics, all kinds of psychedelics. So that is my big dream is to 
create and enroll and attract all some of the best healers in the world. And well, that's amazing. I want to go to that. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, you're welcome. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> a trip to Columbia doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. Uh, the states. Oh, the states. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, if you had one message to leave with the world, what would that be? not expecting that put me on the spot <laughs> none of this is real oh, wow that's yeah. deep none of it's real that's awesome think of the immediate release of pressure the immediate release of like enjoy the moment and enjoy yourself i love that there's so many thought patterns that come with that that are just beautiful yeah, totally um well man it's been awesome talking to you it's just we're so in alignment, Megan and I's path and, and yours. Uh, I know we just just met, but it'd be so cool to uh, see where our paths go and see if they align sometime in the future. Because we're right right there with you, man. That's so cool. Uh, I guess the last thing I'd love you to I'd love to give you a chance just to talk about your upcoming Columbia ayahuasca trip, kind of where they can probably get information about it and how to contact you. Yeah, sure. I appreciate that. So, um, so it's going to be happening March eighth to the fourteenth, and it's outside of Medellin. Um, it's a, a really beautiful place on the side of a mountain. Um, Danielle, who hosts it, she's from the States. She lives in Columbia now. She's had this amazing journey where she's you know, brought, brought ceremony to the States. And it's just, it's one of the best places ever you can do ceremony. It's by a river, it's in the jungle where the medicine comes from. Uh, has the plant plant energy, the water energy. It's the, the maloka, which is the outdoor structure where ceremony takes place, is up against this giant rock. So there's rock energy. Um, and that's where I've had the most profound experiences of divinity and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's just a beautiful place too. Um, so there's going to be three nights of ceremony. There's um, going to be a sweat lodge the first night. And then the last night is going to be a ceremony um, and it's just it's gonna be amazing um, I'm gonna also include some um, talking circles some other um, spiritual talks uh, even a entrepreneur mastermind for the people that are coming that are entrepreneurs um, so that's kind of the idea um, and if they anybody wants to get more information they can go to my website so it's not the mindguy.com it's actually the mindguy.net and I'm in Colorado. So if anybody wants to Google search the mind guy in Colorado, then I should come up and you could just email me on the website and I can just give you more information. So thank you for letting me share that too. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. One last question I had for you. Um, do you feel that it does make a difference partaking in ceremony um, where the medicine is grown like in the jungle? I would say yes, and mainly because the shamans say that. There's something gets taken away when the medicine travels and it's no longer in, in its home. Um, and I can tell you the ceremonies that I've done in Colombia have been much more profound. I've actually purged a lot more, gotten over a lot more stuff. So I would say yes. now. It's going to be beneficial anywhere you do it, as far as I'm concerned. 
Right. Know, if you, and if you mm-hmm. have a calling, like I, I have a friend, and and I, he, you know, he, I met him through the Columbia group, but he he went to the Kentucky person, and ultimately, even though we don't we don't recommend the the guy in Kentucky, we would recommend you know either going down to South America or or getting connected with you know South American shamans, but he opened the door for us, right? So that was our access point. And it grew into something a lot bigger. And I know there's a lot of circles that are out there, um, and it's a good starting point, right? And I ask people to continue on the journey because you get more connected to the medicine. And there's a spirit behind the medicine. It's Mother Aya. And the more you do ceremony, the more you get connected to that, and the more profound the ceremonies are. So. I, I encourage people to not just do it once or twice, but to do it many times because it, it grows and it gets better. Awesome. Yeah, we're doing it again in April. I'm quite nervous, but I'm doing it. So. Yeah, Megan had such the most, I mean, all the trauma she's repressed and was causing so much stuff. She had like, I would say, what, 70, 80% of that. Purge. I mean, you say like you purge more in the jungle. I, honest to God, can't imagine <laughs> purging more than the jungle. Well, I mean, it was, she was the star of the show. <laughs> yeah, I definitely was the show star, unfortunately. Or I guess fortunately, I don't well, know. <laughs> just, just so you know, I mean, that's just a testament to how tough you are because the medicine will, will only purge as much or let go as much as your mind is capable of. So, I mean, for me, that's probably probably why I've only, it's taken 25 ceremonies is because it's been a gradual process. And for you to be able to let go that much in one ceremony just is a testament to the badass that you are. Ah, thank you. I appreciate that. You are awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I tell her that all the time and she constantly, constantly impresses me with her strength and courage, but it, I really appreciate uh, it coming, you, you saying that yourself. So thanks a lot, man. Um, well, awesome. Yeah, that's it. It was so cool talking to you. Thanks for connecting with us, Thomas. Let's totally stay in touch. And man, if anyone out there is considering doing this, if you feel it's calling to you, hit up Thomas. You heard uh, how to contact him. If you missed it, hit me up. I will happily connect you with him. Um, thanks again, Tom, for being on. And uh, everyone out there, happy healing. Happy healing. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a great one. Yeah, you Thank- too.